Thank you for joining us today with the Adult Explore the Bible Weekly Leader Training Podcast. This podcast is designed to help teachers prepare to lead a Bible study group using LifeWay's Explore the Bible adult resources. Each week, we review the Bible passage for that week's study, examine some questions teachers may face, and give some teaching tips along the way. I'm Dwayne McCrary, your host, and today I'm being joined by Mike Livingston, who's one of the members of the Adult Explore the Bible team, and we're going to be looking at session one of our winter 2021-2022 study of Ezekiel and Daniel. And in session one, we examine Ezekiel chapter three, verses eight through 21. The main idea there is that God is commissioning him. Just as background, we'll remind you that there are several different times in scripture where people are deported from Judah, from Jerusalem. The first time is 605 B.C., that's when Nebuchadnezzar deports the, the, the group of people who are there. Uh, he, he deports selected people. That's Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're in that first group. In 598 or 97, there's a second deportation that takes place. This involves Jehoiakim and Ezekiel. So they're in that second group. Then in 586, there's a larger deportation. And that's when the city of Jerusalem is destroyed. The temple is destroyed, all those type of things. So Ezekiel would have been led off into captivity or deported to Babylon prior to the destruction of Jerusalem. So uh, that's important because the, the things we're going to look at in chapter three happened in 593. So they're after the second deportation, but before the destruction of the temple. So let's walk through this passage here, Mike, and then we'll We'll get into some of the questions. First of all, in verses 8 through 11, we've entitled that in our outline, Prepare. Having revealed to Ezekiel that his message would be ignored, God promised to make Ezekiel as unyielding and as hard as the Israelites. God challenged Ezekiel to not be afraid of the people who rejected the message and to continue to tell them God's truth. For us, we need to be reminded in these passages that God provides believers what we need to deliver his message. In verses 12 through 15, we've entitled this section of Ezekiel 3, Overwhelmed. The Spirit returned Ezekiel to the exiles. He's overwhelmed by the weight of his assignment and embittered by the people's rebelliousness. He was placed in the Babylonian city of Tel Abid, where Ezekiel sat stunned for seven days. These verses remind us that the weight of carrying God's message of judgment against sin can be overwhelming, but it still must be carried. In verses 16 to 20, we find the assignment given to Ezekiel. After those seven days where he sat there stunned, God then directs Ezekiel to function as a watchman over the people of Israel warning them of the results of their continued rebellion against God. It's here in verse 16 when we find the first time the phrase is used, word of the Lord came to me. That's going to be used in this book 41 times. It's also used in Jeremiah and Zechariah, but not near as much as it's used in Ezekiel. God's going to hold Ezekiel accountable if he failed to deliver the warning to Israel. We're reminded in these verses that God expects believers to share the gospel with everyone they encounter. That's a quick look at this outline. That's once again, prepared verses 8 through 11, overwhelmed verses 12 through 15, and assigned verses 16 through 21. 
by the, the very first section there prepared, we see this idea that God's going to harden Ezekiel. How did God use his past, some of the experiences he had, maybe some of uh, his family heritage even, uh, to prepare him for serving the Israelites during this time? Yeah, let's, let's affirm two things. Um, first of all, that God calls and works through human messengers, like in Ezekiel. That's number one. Number two, those whom God calls, he prepares and he equips to serve him. Uh, as the, the saying goes, God doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called. So how does he do that? How does God, how does God prepare us for ministry and prepare us to serve him? And, and here, that, that's the question here. And I think oftentimes we can, we can say that God uses our past experiences. Um, God can even use past hurts and painful experiences as, as tools to, to serve him, to minister to others. Now, thinking about Ezekiel, looking at him, we don't know a whole lot about Ezekiel personally, about his personal life. We know very little, actually. Uh, much of what we know, most of what we know is in the first few verses of the book, chapter one verses one through three. We, we read there that it was in the 30th year, which probably means that, that he was 30 years old. That's probably the, the age of Ezekiel when God called him. So in the, when he was 30 years old. Wouldn't, that, wouldn't the age 30, wouldn't that be the time when a, a priest uh, would have yeah. started his service anyway? Yeah, yeah. And that's exactly, you're right. I was going to just, I was going to oh, mention okay. that. Uh, uh, so he, he was 30. And it says in, in verse one, while I was among the exiles, so he was living at this time, living among the exiles. In verse three, the word of the Lord, you pointed out the word of the Lord came directly to the priest Ezekiel. Um, and like you just mentioned, it was according to, I think it's numbers uh, four, three, I think that's the right reference. Priest typically began their temple service in, the, in their 30th year. So Ezekiel had spent his life preparing to do something different than, than what God is actually calling him to do. I mean, he's, he spent his life preparing to be a priest, but God called him to a role, a different role, a role that Ezekiel never anticipated. Um, but, but his role, his, his preparation uh, to serve as a priest, I think, uh, helped to prepare him uh, for the role of prophet, as we'll look at in just a second. Uh, but back, back to uh, the first few verses of the book, he says he was in the land of the Chaldeans and and the, among the exiles, and the Lord's hand was on him there. So I, I see three things there about Ezekiel and, and how God prepared him. One, as we've said, he was a priest, uh, or he, he was preparing to be a priest. And, and why is that significant? Well, all through the book, Ezekiel shows an interest in, in priestly kinds of things, in priestly matters. His concern about maintaining ritual cleanness, cleanliness um, is, is evident. His knowledge of the requirements of the law is evident. His detailed description of the temple or of, of the new temple over in chapters 40 and following, he, he describes in detail the new temple and, and, and worship, how worship will take place there. Uh, all of this indicates or, or you can see in all of this, his priestly training uh, how, and how God used his past experiences uh, in this role that, that Ezekiel never anticipated uh, having. Uh, so that's one thing, his, his priestly um, 
preparation. Uh, and then second, he, he was in exile. He was in exile. God, when God called Ezekiel to minister to the Jews in Babylon, uh, he, he had been living among the captives there for, for five years already. Uh, so his call came a- after he had been living in captivity for five years. And so in, in Ezekiel 1.1, he says, I was among the exiles. And that word among, the word translated among, appears over a hundred times in this book. It's also in chapter 3, verse 15, a part of this week's passage we're looking at. He says, I came to the exiles at Tel Aviv, and I sat there among them stunned for seven days. So the repeated use of the word among in exile, in Ezekiel, just emphasizes this unique perspective, you know, that he had, that God used this prophet who who was experiencing the same tragedies, the same difficulties as the people he was called to minister to. And he was also acquainted with, with more personal tragedy. We don't know a lot, you know, like I said, a lot about his personal life, but he was married. We know that. And we know that his wife died suddenly uh, during his ministry. So God is choosing to work through a man who could identify with the people, uh, with these people who walked, who walked through this valley of despair and grief because Ezekiel had walked through the same valley with them. And he knew their hearts and he felt their pain. And this uniquely qualified him to speak God's message to them. And I think about what Paul uh, wrote about in 2 Corinthians, the first chapter, how God is the father of compassion and the God of comfort. And when we suffer, God comforts us and God comforts us in our suffering so we can comfort others. So God can use our pain to accomplish his purpose and that, be- that can become our ministry to others. But the most important thing about Ezekiel and his preparation it was not that, not that, not, not that he was an exile, not that he was a priest, but going back to Ezekiel 1.3 says, the Lord's hand was on him. The Lord's hand was on him. And so in our passage for this week, in chapter 3, you see that uh, where God is telling Ezekiel, they're not, you know, you're going to go preach to these people, but they're not going to listen to you because they're hard-headed and they're hard-hearted. But in 3.8, God says, but look, I've made your face as hard as their faces and your forehead as hard as their foreheads. So don't be afraid and don't be discouraged by the look on their faces. Um, So God gave Ezekiel everything he needed to prophesy to a hard-headed people. He he gave Ezekiel a holy hard-headedness that would match the rebellious hard-heartedness of this people. So God equipped Ezekiel both spiritually and emotionally for, for the work that he was calling him to do. A, a holy hard-headedness. Is that how you worded that? I believe that is right. Uh, I, I like that. A whole, he had a holy hard-headedness. I'm going to use that. I, that's, that's, that's a good way to think about it. Um, we see this vision of God in these verses. How should we characterize this vision that we see here? The, 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 the book of Ezekiel begins with, with those words, the heavens were opened and I saw a vision of God. Uh, and that this, there's several visions, uh, several visions in the book recorded, but the first vision is in chapters one through three. And in chapter three, verse 12, it describes the vision as in, in this way. It says, the spirit of God lifted the prophet up 
and took him to the place where the captives were gathered together. Now, Ezekiel had, had already received God's message, God's word. The beginning of chapter three, you know, it says, God says, eat this scroll. You know, eat, you know these words, eat, eat this scroll and then go and speak to, to the people. So God has given, he's given Ezekiel his, his message. Now, now it's time to go deliver it. And in this vision, Ezekiel describes hearing this loud rumbling sound. He describes the, you know, the hearing the rustling of the cherubim's wings and the sound of the wheels and the wings and the wheels, they're described in more detail there in chapter one. And the spirit brings him to, to where he, he, to Tel Aviv where he could sit with the exiles. And he sat there among them, overwhelmed. He sat overwhelmed by what God had shown him in this vision, and what God has said to him. He's overwhelmed when he realizes the magnitude and the seriousness of what God is calling him to do. Now, here, here's, here's what's significant about this vision that he has. One is that Ezekiel knew he was in God's presence, beyond, beyond a doubt. He, is, he has a vision of, of God's throne. He knows he's in the presence of God. Which would have been important for someone who was a priest. Yeah. Chapter 1, verse 28, he saw a vision of the throne. When he saw the vision, he says, I fell face down. He knew he was in the presence of God. And again, in chapter 3, verse 23, it says, Ezekiel realized he had seen the glory of the Lord, and he fell face down. Uh, he knew he was in God's presence. Two, he, he was overwhelmed with the task that God was calling him to do. And we can understand why he was a bit overwhelmed. God's people were living, they were living as captives in Babylon. The nation was being destroyed. Uh, God says, you know, you're going to preach to the people, but they're not going to listen to you. We understand why he was overwhelmed. But in this vision, God let Ezekiel see that he was still on the throne. Ezekiel had a vision that allowed him to see that God was on his throne and God's working and he's working out his plan and he's even using these Babylonians to work out his plan. So no matter what message God gave him to preach, no matter what the response of the people might be, Ezekiel could be strong, he could be courageous because he had seen the throne of God. He had seen the glory of God. And he knew that God was bigger than this situation. And he was bigger than this task that he was being called to do. And one of the, the suggestions in the, the group plans is when we're looking at Ezekiel chapter 3, verses 12 through 15, is that we ask our group to think about other Old Testament people who struggled with their call. Uh, the examples they're given are Jonah. Elijah, Jeremiah, there are others we could point to, Moses, but highlight in each case that the Spirit of God came to them just as he did Ezekiel, and that's what set the, made the difference was the Spirit of God being present and them knowing he was present, right. and then that helping them move beyond any bitterness or fear that they may, may have because of that, and that's a key part of that. Uh, Mike, how does being a watchman compared to the responsibility believers have today as ambassadors or whatever term we want to use as witnesses, whatever phrase we want to use. How, how does that help us understand our role today? Yeah, a, a watchman's responsibility was to tell. You know, you, you watch, you tell if there's danger, you, you tell if 
you know, your, your responsibility is, is to be the messenger. Those, those who hear the message are responsible for how they respond to it. And from the beginning, uh, Ezekiel knew that people were not going to respond positive, positively to his message to them. He, he knew that from the beginning. So if numbers or, or positive responses were to be the measure of success, and Ezekiel's mission would have been a failure from before it even began. So the success of his mission would be judged by another standard, not by how many people, you know, make decisions, you know, positive decisions, but it would be judged by another standard. His success wasn't based on the response of the hearers. His, his success was, was only uh, based only on his own faithfulness to tell them God's message. So, so here's what this means to us. Um, it means uh, several things, but it means, first of all, you know, it speaks to our responsibility just to be messengers. We are the messengers. But it also says to us that we can't change people's hearts. All we can do is speak the truth to them. That, that's, that's our role, that's, and that's all we can do. Sometimes when we speak the gospel, God, we will see God open up hearts of the hearers, and they will respond to him. But other times, the message of the gospel will fall on deaf ears. It's always the work of the Holy Spirit to change hearts. It's not our eloquence that changes people's hearts. It's not our intelligence or our abilities. It's the work of God's Spirit. And this truth ought to encourage us. Because it, it says that God's not limited by uh, my lack of ability. God, God can save people in spite of my weak efforts when I'm faithful just to, to be the messenger, to be the witness. Uh, to, to the gospel. That's my role. That's our role, it is to be messengers. And what hearers do with the message is, is their responsibility. But a good way to say that would be we speak the truth and then get out of the way and let God do what only he can do anyway. Yeah, it's only what he can do. Yeah. And uh, thinking about that, here's, here's Ezekiel. He's been told you're going to preach, but they're not going to listen to you. If we already know the outcome, this is a thing we have to wrestle with sometimes. If we already know the outcome, why would we even bother to do it? And that's a good question. That's a fair question. And I would point you to chapter 3, verse 11, is where you find the answer to that. God says, tell them this is what the Lord says, whether they listen or refuse to listen. And God says to Ezekiel, you tell them whether they listen or whether they refuse to listen, your job is to tell them. So, God is not going to hold Ezekiel responsible for how they respond, but he does hold Ezekiel responsible just to speak the message, speak the message faithfully. So Ezekiel's responsibility was the same. Whether people listened or they refused to listen, his job was the same, speak God's message. And the passage implies that there would be some who would, who would respond positively. Verse 21 says, if you warn the righteous that he should not sin and he does not sin, in other words, if he listens to you, then he will live because he listened to you. But the fact is, we don't know the outcome. When we, pre when we speak God's message, when we share the gospel, we don't know the outcome. We don't know how people are going to respond until we share the message. And sometimes we don't see the outcome of our witness. We don't always see, we don't always see the outcome. of, of uh, Ezekiel certainly didn't. We're sitting here studying this, what, 3,000 years later, and yet... Yeah, so, so his, his message had an impact that he could not see, and he did not see in his lifetime. 
because we're talking about it today. Mm -hmm. um, so we don't know, um, we don't know how people will respond. We don't know the outcome and we may never see the outcome, but that's, that is beside the point. We are, to, we are to be faithful to speak the gospel and speak God's message. We're not evaluated by the response. We're evaluated by the faithfulness, which is something you've, you've said. So we're just going to repeat that. And Ezekiel reminds us of that multiple times. Any other key thoughts or ideas you yeah. would want to point out from Ezekiel chapter 3, verses 8 through 21? No, I think maybe it's, we've covered this already. But, you know, God's plan is, is to reach people through just ordinary folks like us. And God's plan is to reach the world through just through people like you and, and, and me. And, and we can be encouraged that, that God will use ordinary people in extraordinary ways when we're, when we're faithful to proclaim his truth. We, we, we need to be encouraged by that. Mike, thank you for reminding us of that. That's a good thought for us to keep in mind as we start this study through Ezekiel and Daniel that God uses ordinary people. And Ezekiel is about it. It's just a basic, ordinary guy. I want to say thank you to our listeners today. If you have comments or questions, you're welcome to send me an email at dwayne.mccurry at lifeway.com. That's D-W-A-Y-N-E dot M-C-C-R-A-R-Y at lifeway.com. I'll do my best to answer your question. Or if I don't know the answer, I'll find the right person who can answer your question. We hope you join us next week. We'll be looking at session two. Bob Bunn will be joining me. We'll be looking at passages out of Ezekiel 11 and look at the idea how God offers hope to those who trust in him.